Welcome to another Jacob Wayne show. This is your Jacob Wayne, and with me, as always, is the splendiferous Kellen Gibbons. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well. This is the big episode. 32? 30, 32, yeah. There you go. Yep. How about we that? We had to take a break last week, just because live things were happening, and like we've said before, our audience probably isn't big enough that we're going to get a lot of you know, hate mail for that, so we're going to take breaks when we need to. Every once in a while. But, you know, we're trying to keep it consistent, but in order to do that, we are going to be moving our episodes to Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Mountain mm-hmm. Standard Time. That just gives us a little more time to edit things and get it ready for your ear holes, and we're not all rushing at the end of our weekends to do it for Monday, so... Yep. Let us know if you're okay with the time change, if that works for y'all. And as always, write us at fakoshka at gmail.com if you got something to say or some feedback, corrections, anything. Indeed. With that being said, uh, what are you drinking? Three, two, one. Don't. I just got a Montucky cold snack. Ooh. And some coffee. The classic. Yeah. Ooh, and coffee. That's. They mix those together a lot now, like not particularly Montucky, but I've seen like PBR has a coffee now. Like, hmm. Interesting. Very. I'm yeah, actually... and I'm switching between the two, like hot coffee, cold snack. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I needed to have a little little bit of something for this episode. Get me rolling. It's uh, been one of those mornings, but what are you sipping on? Well, I'm not actually drinking a beer right now. Crazy enough. I'm drinking a... Big B's peach apricot apple juice. Ooh, there you go. It is delightful. Busy? No, it's just just, no. just juice. But I just they've been starting to carry it around here, and I just love peach and apricot, so I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, anything to announce on your end? Hmm, I don't. Don't think any new tracks are coming out from any of the bands. Uh, did have a really fun couple of gigs this weekend with a new band I'm playing with. We don't have much out online yet, but it's, you know, fun to play. Get, like, playing places. You know, we played outside at a, a bar, and yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Actually, like, played music in front of people. It's uh, this crazy thing. <laughs> cool. Um, I suppose one announcement I could make is uh, I recently went to let me see if I can remember this place uh, Blues Tuesdays at the Swing Station that's in Laporte 
Colorado. That's a town a little bit north of Fort Collins. Hmm? And watch my buddy Tom Knowlton and a new buddy, Chris Wiest, who is also in the band Woodbelly. Yeah. They just kind of jammed out some tunes. And so those of you listening, they have a Kickstarter going for their new album. And they've got a lot of different bundles and things you can get. Uh, go check out their website, woodbelly.com, I believe. But we can correct that if I get that wrong. But search up Woodbelly Colorado Bluegrass. Uh, they're really great guys, and they have a really good approach to the bluegrass thing. They've been educating me on some stuff. Showing yeah. me some influences like Larry Sparks and uh, infamous string dusters and stuff like that. Yeah. So go check them out and support them because they're up and coming and they're good people for that to be happening too. So check out Woodbelly. I'm pretty sure they won like best band or a band competition at one of the bluegrass festivals. Like, yeah, they're they're awesome. Yeah, they won one of those. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, I can't remember which one exactly. Some bluegrass festival, they topped it out. They won a big thing. They won one of the yeah. things where you're like, only good bands win that thing. And I think the goal is we're trying to get them into Red Rocks. Ooh, there you go. close to being able to do that. Or maybe they've already done it with like one of their smaller shows. But yeah, get them there for a big show. Yeah. That'd Anyways, awesome. with that being said, uh, I am a night owl as some of you may know. So we're recording this at almost five o'clock. I slept in till about three today, but it's I ended right. up only getting about eight hours of sleep or whatever. So I went to sleep very late. And uh, we already talked about the night owl thing on one episode, correct? I feel yeah, like I we've gone over that a little bit. Yeah. So no need to really get into that, but one thing I noticed is I took half a melatonin last night because I'm trying to actually move it back up for work this week. Mm-hmm. And melatonin just kicks my ass. So I'll also have kind of like really strong dreams on it for whatever reason. Mm. And I was going to get laid by one of my crushes growing up. I still have a crush on this woman. She's the same age as me. And that's all I'm going to say, of course. But <laughs> she showed up in my dream, and I was just like, oh, something might happen. So I don't know about you, but if you wake up a little bit, like you got to wake up, go take a pee, whatever. Yeah. If I do it quick enough, I can get back into bed and restart the dream. Can you do that? Oh, damn. Not, not, not on, like, not by will. I don't, I don't think I ever have done that. That's crazy. If I'm enough watching. in a sleeping state and it's just this little like like keep my eyes closed almost while I'm shuffling into pee. Yeah. And sit down. It's okay to sit down and pee, gentlemen. It's 2021. <laughs> At least in the morning anyway. But I'll, I came shuffling back in put my head back down and it doesn't always work out but I was able to restart this dream like three or four times. Damn. And it would slightly just change the the circumstance. Like, it will always edit it somehow. That's, like, the shortest way I can explain that. But, uh, yeah, we're getting closer and closer. And there was just this big party. A bunch of people are around. They're at my place that doesn't actually exist in the real world. It's just this nice little, like, loft apartment thing. Damn. And, you know, I did... I had a couch in my room and a bed in my room. And I was like... 
hey, if uh, you weren't as comfortable last night, you can always sleep on my bed and I'll sleep on the couch. And she's like, that'll be fun. And gives me that little look. And I was yeah. like, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. And then it started raining and thundering outside my window and woke me up. Oh, good. <laughs> damn. Yeah, it's like, damn Always it. something. At least it wasn't something crazy in the dream. That's true. <laughs> and it's, but I don't know, yeah. It's just, I never get laid in my dreams. It's a goddamn shame. It's yeah. always the end of the world, or... I think I told you about my one dream once where it was I was on a boat to Ellis Island with Jerry Seinfeld and George Costanza. Um, that sounds fun. And we were like walking up amongst the ropes and it was like like had the theme music. <laughs> and another weird thing about my dreams, feel free to write in about this if you share this experience. I can have like subtitles and like title screens in my dreams. Oh, wow. And they can be like black and white. I don't know if that's like I've watched too many movies or. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I can have subtitles. Not like the silent film style where people just say something that it like says what they said on a screen in between. I don't think it's ever been a silent film. (laughs) Yeah. It's just been like some text like in the bottom field of my vision. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of what kind of jokes was Jerry cracking on the. That was years ago. I can't even remember. I'm just like, oh, don't go to Ellis Island. Don't you think her arms are tired? I can't do Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, who's that guy? Uh, No, that's the only Jerry I can do. It's like, no, Kramer, get out of there. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. But uh, anyway, any weird little unique dream thing for you? Um. Well, the only thing I was like that kind of reminded me of such similar thing, like a thing that's like repeatable is every once in a while, like the gravity will like turn down in the dream and I'll realize mm. it. And so you like take a step and you kind of bounce and then you take another, a harder step and you bounce higher and I'll just start yeah. kind of like running and I'm taking like these big, big jumps and then like the gravity will like turn down even more and I'll like shoot off like way high in the air and then it'll turn back on like full blast. Then I'll Mm. come like, you know, flying towards the earth and then right before you hit, bam, wake up, usually jolt. Yeah. So you have Superman dreams. Yeah. I've heard of people Uh, that exact same thing. Somebody said they had to go to their, they had to like will themselves to get to their childhood home. And if they did that in front of their childhood home in their dream, then they could fly like anywhere. That was like how they started lucid dreaming. But well, right, to I was be able say to fly. That, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's specifically attached to lucid dreaming, but a lot of people that can lucid dream tend to fly or are able to. And yeah. uh, I thought that's interesting because I've I could apparently restart the dreams and stuff, but. The the physical, I don't know, like, uh, the physics of my dreams can get wonky and weird, but as far as I go, like, I can't fly. The closest thing I get is the slow down while you're trying to get away from something. Yeah. Or, like, when mm-hmm. you try to punch something, it just feels like you're punching with, like, rubber. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, I've never been able to fly. I think from what I remember, that's like a thing to practice in lucid dreaming or something you're able to do related to that. So perhaps you can lucid dream better than I. Maybe. It's so weird to like, you know, to try. You not, It's not very often I like seem to realize, you know, I usually, usually wake up. I'm like, oh, that was a dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As weird as and... the shit can be, I'll still not think it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and perhaps this is a philosophy discussion, so we can have a little more than one, but it is weird to think that for almost, like, I guess it depends on how much sleep you get, but it's like, on average, it's probably close to like one third of your life is you sleeping. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's your reality. One third of your reality is your dream world, because it's just you're in one place and what you're experiencing is all in your brain. But it's like totally its own weird little world in reality. It's odd. Yeah, for sure. That being said, I don't get too woo-woo about dreams. I think it is just we have a computer that your body is housing. It's like the casing. And it's just like it needs to shut down and process some background programs and kind of clear them, defrag them. Yeah. And it ends up just spewing it on the screen for you to kind of entertain you while it does its business watch it go by the weird stuff yeah but obviously there's plenty of people that think it's like they get messages or it it, it truly is its own alternate reality i think we talked mm -hmm. about that where some people's belief is that when you die uh you you die every night when you go to sleep and you wake up to a new reality yeah heard that idea and it's just like, huh, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'm dying and waking up and doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Jacking off and trying to eat some chicken. I mean, if it if it was that, then, like, what's what's the difference, I guess, would be my... Yeah, I don't know. Does that actually it's change like, anything? <laughs> it's one of those, like, what's even really the point of... I don't know. It's do... like choosing to believe that might help you do something different in your day-to-day -day life uh, because you have a different perception of it. They do know that. So they've, if they've... it helps you out, whatever, but mm, it's I mean, kind of irrelevant, too. They have studied sleep, like sleep, you know, they know what's, they kind of know what's going on pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They've watched somebody all night on a monitor sleep a lot, and they don't But die. that's just the people <laughs> studying inside your brain world, man. Well... Okay. That's just when you start agreeing and move okay. along. Um, ah, shit, I had something come up that... Uh, I gotta go, all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the philosophy one right now? Well, why not? Just connect these two threads? Yeah. So, a little bit of philosophy... Preposterous. Yes. I dare say. Don't help. Yes. Quite. <laughs> Think deeps.
a jam. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this one is a. I guess it, it's not as bad as last week's. <laughs> okay. It's pretty good. I guess compared to last week, I guess that's the real sad part. It's not, it's just like, I'm happy when it's not just stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Short and sweet. That's, that's my statement on all philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Why do we punish people? Hmm. Who's we, why do? Yeah, <laughs> Um, there's probably a multitude of reasons for that. I mean, some do it for pleasure. Some do it because of fear, which is ultimately your violent reaction to something that was a threat to you or perceived as a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that need for retribution or... If somebody did something bad, you want them to feel feel it even worse or feel it just as bad. Like, there's definitely an eye for an eye mentality in humanity that has not gone away. Oh, not at all. <laughs> and, um, I mean, to get deeper than that, I think it is. It's just, it's a... I kind of like fear, then turns into anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering, as Yoda said. Indeed. It's it's just, yeah, everything that makes you like angry or, or upset or sad is usually a reaction. It's a fear response. More often than not. But there's also that great scene in Donnie Darko where... It's either on the fear or love spectrum. <laughs> and he's just like, you can't encapsulate all the human emotion into one one or two things. It's not that simple. It's complicated. If you do not complete the exercise, we'll be you'll receive an F for today. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Shove it up her ass. Oh, I haven't watched that one in a long time. That's oh, such a good movie. Yeah, it's I used to smoke weed and show it to people that I went to high school with. Like, you understand? Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> now, as you can tell, like, it, that isn't as bad of a philosophy question, but it's also, like, not interesting. Yeah. To, that's... like, break it down. Because it is kind of like, well, yeah, it's this and that. Yeah. It's, it's basically, like, like you said, the eye for an eye is the real I feel like the main human justification <laughs> yeah and and if you just generally break it down you scared me because either you were a threat to me or you surprised me or whatever so then I get angry about that and the only way to deal with anger is to get it out somehow some kind of catharsis that might be screaming into a pillow or punching a wall mm-hmm. or making loud music but there is like that kind of leads to the punishment thing. Like, and there's there's different ways of uh, expressing that. Like, if you go write an angry song as an angry reaction to something, you're trying to punish them with your sounds. 
Like, mm-hmm. we're like, see, I'm doing just fine, motherfucker. And yeah. just like, you kind of want to scream and yell at them, which is a form of punishment. Uh, when couples break up and then one of them goes and gets like all sexy and fit. Like, I'm punishing you with, look at how good I look now, motherfucker. Yeah. That's true. And it's, yeah. It's all like, I'm trying to get back at you. People rarely have somebody trigger their fight or flight response, get angry, and then just, well, I got to let that go. It's kind of hard to do. You have to at least have like an angry rant with your friend or do something cathartic. Yep. So, Indeed. Well, I think that's uh, good on philosophy then. Indeed. Nicely answered. <laughs> um, let's see here. Some new music releases. The only thing that really stuck out to me this week was Fortitude by Gojira finally dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, the album's production began in early 2018 at New York Silver Chord Studio which would become the cocoon for a two-year creative odyssey. With its original release date state slated for June 2020, it then got pushed to September due to COVID, but now it's coming out in May. Mm. You bet it's coming out in May. You know it's coming out in May. And uh, it was produced and recorded by Joe Duplantier. I do not know him. Mixed by Andy Wallace. I feel like I have heard that name. Mm-hmm. But uh, one interesting thing about it is their single Amazonia was released as part of a month-long fundraiser for Brazilian indigenous rights. That's a charity curated by the band. Um, Nice. After its release, it hit number one on American iTunes all genre sales. The album topped the worldwide iTunes album chart and charted number 15 on the worldwide Apple Music album chart between Taylor Swift and Billie Eilish. So, oh, good, good. for them that's for so awesome. carrying the metal flag a bit. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. Nice. Yeah, I've given it one listen. I need to really sit with it a little more to give more of an opinion, but I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I'll have to check it's that one out. Great drummer. They're kind of like, I could see some people saying that they've gotten a little less heavy. But they're still heavy. They've just kind of worked in these other singer-songwritery elements, mm-hmm. which it still all comes out heavy. But it's just like they're work shifting with their tones, and they're still playing like a metal riff, but maybe it doesn't have distortion on it for a minute, like little things like that. But just the dynamics of the whole record. I think they're playing around a lot, which is great to me. Yeah, they've always been really good at doing that kind of stuff, doing some different stuff with their tones and like yeah. Mm-hmm. I really and then like there's that Gojira guitar scrape. Oh yeah. They make That's that interesting. cool noise. <laughs> oh. Yep. That's a sweet band. They definitely got their own own sound going on. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And a tiny desk concert I stumbled onto while I was painting was uh, Butcher Brown. Have you heard of them? I've heard of it. I don't think I've watched it. 
It kind of had little elements of the roots going on. Um, they're from Virginia. And, uh, but the guy who will like rap occasionally also plays sax. And I think maybe even trumpet too. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's just really smooth. Great bass playing on it. So I highly recommend looking up Butcher Brown's Tiny Desk Concert. Yeah, sounds awesome. You can awesome. tell that that was a big moment for them, too, because they were, seemed to be really excited. And nice. I think even the drummer's mom got on the YouTube and was like, that's my boy on the drums there. Yeah. Which is just kind of lovely to see. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's the music stuff for this week. I don't know if you got any to kind of throw out there. Well, the only other thing I saw is uh, Devin Townsend is doing a uh, Ocean Machine stream. So I don't know mm. if that was like a one-time thing or if he's going to put that out after he's done streaming it, but that should be cool. It'd be fun to hear him play those songs, like that album in its entirety now, you know? It's been was so long. Was that the first one after uh, Strapping Young Lad? It was like during Strapping Young Lad, early Strapping oh, okay. Young Lad. It was his first like solo album. And I think he was like 12 when he wrote it or some shit. <laughs> like, it's insane. Mm. Recorded yeah. it at 16 or something. Yeah, he's a talented man. Mm-hmm. Did we ever find out what's going on with our tickets to that his show? Because we ordered tickets to see him right when COVID kicked in. I, yeah, they were just like, nope, we don't get them back. He just screwed. Just, were they like, oh, we're going to try to reschedule? I don't even remember, man. I can't. It might I, be worth checking into. I have to see if they even have an email. To come back. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Even yeah. if they did just keep it, you know, I wouldn't be too upset. I would still pay again sure. to go see if it. If they rescheduled but, yeah. and it was like, oh, I can't make that. Oh, oh well. Yeah. So, but it would be great to see him. Yeah, he puts he, on a hell of a show. Yeah, I still haven't seen him yet. But yeah, he is well as many other musicians are getting up there in years, so Yeah. I try to see some of these guys in their prime, which I think he's only gotten better and better. True. I heard that Santana's doing a residency and I was just in Las Vegas. I was like, oh man, I want to go see that so bad, but you know it's gonna be this like I don't want how many hundreds of dollars. The children play. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he Yo, can still shred. Yo, evil grandma! Like, oh god. <laughs> we actually should uh, go there, though. I've never been to Vegas, either. Oh! Yeah. So let's go and see Santana and be good boys in Vegas. I don't want to be a bad boy there. Except for, like, just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little bit of bad boy. No? Yeah, that'd be super fun. I haven't if you would like to I support us going to Vegas and recording, we'll record in the uh, in the hotel room. Or, I was going to say, or the hooker's bathroom. <laughs> and we will have a great podcast, and it will all be great because of you, the listener. So feel free to send us money. Yeah. Fund us a, a touring podcast trip. We'll Jake give you Wayne the show goes to Vegas. Fresh after the Santana show, we'll give you the lowdown. 
Hell yeah. I think, yeah, we should start making this a thing. We'll get our Patreon going, like, fun sending the show to Vegas. See what yep. we can do. And then, uh, yeah, we'll make some kind of Vegas mug or something <laughs> or an art print, something like that. Because one of my hugest artistic influencers is Ralph Steadman, the artist for Hunter S. Thompson, who, of yeah. course, wrote Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I love that book. I love Hunter S. Thompson. He's like one of the greatest American writers of the last century. And uh, Ralph Steadman is like one of my top three favorite artists. I just love his style and his approach. And so, yeah, we you should send us to Vegas and I'll Ralph Steadman it up. And then Kellen, you can be Hunter S. Thompson. Why? Just have a briefcase filled with all kinds of intoxicants. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the. Uh, the back country. That's all. I'm here to pick you some banjo, you dirty, you dirty <laughs> beast. <laughs> Occasionally, the scream. Well, better be whatever. a devil. You filthy animal. Uh, that guy's so cool. Yeah. Rest in peace. Indeed. Uh. So, no movie thing. I guess we can get into this a little bit. Uh, so, I watched the new Mortal Kombat. And Ooh. I hated it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we recently watched the the first movie from the 90s. Which, all intents and purposes, is not an amazing film. It's just got a lot of great, nostalgic 90s-ish elements. And I think it, that being said, keeps it pretty grounded as far as the narrative goes. It's like we all got to show up on this island. We fight for a bit. Then there's a portal at this island to go to Outworld. We fight the bad guy. We win. We come back. Uh -huh. There's a lot of like CGI and great metal music. And the soundtrack is so good. And in this new one, it starts out really good like starts out with uh sub-zero and scorpion before they're either one. Oh, and uh it's like in 1800s japan and it has this like real dark serious tone mm -hmm. almost like the way it felt like when batman begins came out and you know they were like oh they're gonna do this batman thing seriously this is okay shit and after that scene it just starts to go downhill i i'll say talk about the positives all the sub-zero scenes are awesome the nice. he seems creepy he's almost like a horror movie villain he just shows up and there's like snow in the air and you're like oh shit and that was really effective. I thought the guy that played him, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I think it was like Lou something. I don't know. I'm not even going to try. But uh, he was effective. But spoiler alerts. Don't listen to this if you care. But <laughs> the whole movie 
is based around these characters having the Mortal Kombat tattoo. And if they have the tattoo, they get to fight in the tournament. But then Shang Tsung's just like, fuck that. We're going to try to kill them all before the tournament even starts. Oh. So there's no tournament. It's just bad guys appearing out of nowhere, ready to fight. They do reptile dirty. Um... Fail. And they all have their powers from, like, they have to release their arcana energy. Uh-huh. And so that really annoyed the fuck out of me. It's like, oh, they just kind of get them out of nowhere when it's convenient for the plot. Uh. And so, like, Kano just shoots a laser out of his re- regular eye. Like, he doesn't have the metal plate with the robot eye, which is way better. What? It's like, yeah, yeah he has a laser eye because it's a robot. Like, yeah. for fuck's sake. And the, but no, it's because he called... <laughs> yeah, what's his name? The guy with the hat. Raiden. Kung Lao. Oh. Kung Lao. Like that big, wide one. He can like, uh, chop people in half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just calls like Kung Lao like a cunt or something, and then the laser comes out of his eye. <laughs> and he's like, see, you realize that you're arcane. And he's anger. Some stupid shit. Uh. Uh, Goro's just a big old CGI mess that doesn't even have any lines. And they, the main character, he's a charming guy, but he, I don't think he does a good job in this. They just made up a new character. Huh? To be like the, this is our little, this is our guy to help introduce you to the world of Mortal Kombat. Like, and it should have been like Johnny Cage or something. Yeah, for real. But it's like, no, it's just this MMA fighter who's a descendant of Scorpion. And Scorpion doesn't even show up until the very end because of some portal, whatever. And I and look, the video game doesn't have a great plot or story. Yeah. It has great concepts and elements that like, oh, that's cool. But that's the only reason to turn a video game or a book even into a movie is if uh-huh. There's a tonal thing you can do to it to make it like, ah, that's a movie. Yeah. And some of the fighting's good and all that. The CGI is pretty cool, but like the plot is just so incoherent and doesn't make any sense. And some of the acting and lines are really fucking bad. Oh boy. They're like, fatality. So, so and so wins. And they're just talking about themselves. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, this is so bad. And they did your boy dirty, Cabal. Yeah, I remember Might be the that. dumbest motherfucker in the entire movie. Blame. He just, he's like like the cook that worked at the, what do they call that? Just the catering for the movie. They just like, hey, put this <laughs> mask on and just come on and read these lines. Yeah, sure, improvise a little bit. He just got done smoking a joint. Oh boy! He's like, nah, dude, we gotta go get Kano on our side. Like, I mean, he's one evil motherfucker. Like, you don't even know. Like, let me go get him. Look at tubular, bro. He's not a surfer as that even. I'd have to hear it again to do it properly. But yeah, he's just like, you're one bad motherfucker, aren't you? It reminds me like Shockmaster. That wrestling video we watched once. Mm-hmm. Sparkling stormtrooper helmet just falls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, and they tried to bring back the theme song and they dubstepped it all up and ruined it. Oh, no. They did a 
orchestral movie version of it that didn't work either. And man. And so I was reading a bunch of reviews, and this will be the last I say on it. It's just like, I'm sick and tired of all these people complaining that this movie was bad. Like, it wasn't. It gave you exactly what you want from a Mortal Kombat movie. It had blood in action, and it had characters you know. So quit complaining. And it's just like, <laughs> no, that's the only reason I give a fuck about a movie, is if they like, you made a coherent narrative out of this and made me care about these characters. Yeah. Otherwise, just keep putting the game out, and I'll play the game, and I don't give a fuck because I'm fighting. But it's like, yeah, it's it's the same way I felt about Godzilla versus Kong, which is a way better movie, and I didn't like that at all. But I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, it can get worse (laughs) because Godzilla versus Kong truly is about just watching those two fight in a city. Yeah. And so the stuff they put in in between that visually is beautiful. And the human characters absolutely don't matter. So it's still a bad movie and dumb, but like, you're like, no, yeah, that movie did give you exactly what it said it was going to. This new Mortal Kombat one, they were given interviews. Like, we tried to reduce as the amount of CGI we use, like, as much as we could. And like, you... There's a horrible CGI dragon that looks like it's from the fucking 90s. Oh, boy. And just some, I think it's Liu Kang uses it as like a fatality. Some of the sets look like they're from the fucking 90s. Like, it's like they didn't do anything to like make it truly a visual spectacle. And yeah. they tried to add these human elements, but then they just fuck it up. So it's like, if you're going to do the schlocky, gory one, um, don't even bother with the fucking emotions and trying to like set up this thing because it's like, nobody cares. Make it funnier then. Yeah. Or I don't know. Make the movie shorter and it is just a bunch of fighting. But either way, it's not a good movie. And maybe I am getting older. I've been watching Six Feet Under and the scene of this one character, I think his name is Daniel. He's only in it briefly, but he gets rejected, and then he just slowly puts socks in his drawer, and then turns and sits on the corner of his bed and puts his head down, and you're like, my god, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, because he never shows any emotion, and it builds to it, and you're like, ah, that scene, I've been there, I can relate to that, all that stuff, and it's just so much more fulfilling than bad CGI dragons, and like, Kano wins, see, I said it. I did it. <laughs> Although Kano is one of the most charming characters. I think as far as characters go, Liu Kang's was goofy and weird, but he did seem kind of Liu Kang-ish. Uh-huh. Sub-Zero is effective and creepy. Kano's pretty funny and kind of a piece of shit, but that's what Kano is, so... Thought that mm-hmm. actor did pretty good. Otherwise, like... Shang Tsung sucked. Raiden sucked. It was good that they were properly represented. Yeah. You know, like, all right, yeah, Raiden is of Asian descent. But, yeah, I don't know. It was just bad. So, anyway, I'll, I'll stop there. Well, there you go. I'm st- I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but I'm, I'm going to be sad when they 
what they do to Cabal and all this other stuff, but mm-hmm. still got to watch it. And then go watch mm-hmm. the old one again. That was too good. Well, and then Shocky and I decided we got to watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the sequel to the first one that is really bad. Or we just got to decide, like, all right, which one's worse? Oh, boy. And I think Mortal Kombat Annihilation is still going to really top out and be an awful piece of shit. Yeah. There's some good stuff in this new one, but it's just so disappointing because it happens to so many uh, video game adaptations. They turn them into movies, and then it just descends the whole time. It starts out kind of strong, and then just... And they keep hammering it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know if it's like, is it just because video game plots, the way that they're structured, have to operate the way they do because you, the player, has to engage with it a certain way? Like, it's hard to morph it into a two- to three-hour narrative arc? Or is it just they want to shoestring in all these little things from the game? Like, uh-huh, hey, remember that? Wink, wink. That thing. Yeah. And it just takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, one day there will be like a great one. The Valheim movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a super cool movie. Uh, could be. But... Alrighty. Well, with that, let's just get into our last segments. Sounds good. So let's do uh, some Dear Jacob Wayne. All right. Some of you might uh, recognize this one. This is a meme, but we're using this as a tear check of Wayne. <laughs> uh, this is a fun little, uh, fun little question, I thought. So, dear Jacob Wayne, I've become a breadcrumb dealer to four crows in my local lake, and they pay me with a bit of everything. Shiny stuff, fabric, pins, etc., But recently they paid me with $20 they found somewhere, so I decided to buy them some more expensive bread. They loved it, so they understand what to do. Give me dollar notes. I've probably... Probably... Let's say... Probably racked up $200 at this point. Is it morally wrong, though, I mean? They're the ones who steal it from someone, or perhaps they just got a big pile laying somewhere? Should I keep on doing this? All right, Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Just because you aren't the one directly taking the money from people. But yeah, yeah, you're culpable. But that being said, like, I don't give a shit. If yeah. birds could fly around and find money, if you, it's like, hey, they figured out how money works. And if anybody can get their money stolen from them by a bird crows right yeah yep then uh yeah they deserve to have their money taken crows are smart but it's like not it's not like they're that smart they're all like going to an atm and (laughs) gotta get that bread or like pecking somebody till they drop their wallet and then pulling it out like i I don't think they're i don't think they're getting like violent about it most likely you never know 
Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's not, that isn't your problem. And yeah. uh, he, did he say he's buying him bread? Well, yeah, he takes some bread anyways in exchange for the little trinkets when he got them better bread when they brought the money, so they caught on. I could be wrong on this, but uh, that might be the more morally reprehensible thing you're doing. Yeah. It's feeding bread to birds. It's not good for them, from what I understand. I I, I know it isn't for, like, uh, the, the ducks and stuff. I don't... I don't know if crows are the same. I imagine. I'm guessing it's all the same. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought, as far as I understand, feel free to write in a correction if you're more aware of this. But basically, it's just the way that their digestion works. And I imagine it's pretty similar across most birds. Yeah. They can't really break it down. So they get all fucking gassy and swollen. And yeah, can fuck them up. Well, but, damn. you know, correct me if I'm wrong. So, Pablo Escobar, and he just wants to feed him, but yeah. Maybe bring him seeds with that drug money they stole. <laughs> I've seen the one uh, thing where they have the parrot in jail, because it like, it like warned some people that the cops were outside. And so they, mm. they arrested it, and then they like, in the picture in the news, they had its eyes like barred out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know what a parrot is. What's that? It's a dirty sky rat. Ah, oh, yeah. It's always rat. <laughs> Speaking of the people's business. Yeah. Squawking. The squawking <laughs> over here, squawking <laughs> over there. Uh. Alrighty. Well, yeah. I think you worked out a nice little scheme. I would take their money and give them some seeds and then invest that money into the market. There you go. And then you could be like, this is all the crow's money. I'm going to start a new one. This is crow coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crow coin, like, oh, what's what's the thing? It's, it's just money that crows give me. I do crow coin. <laughs> You're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, invest in the, the crow's money finding. Like, you pay that guy to, like, give them more shit for money. And see just how much they find till they're just like robbing banks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, There's a crypto coin I'm actually thinking of investing in a little bit because it's close to my heart, and this is a little filthy. So plug your ears. The coin is called Cum Rocket. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know why it is or what its purpose is, but huh. I'm like I like it. I want to own a little bit of that. I'll buy some. Because my theory was is that, oh, is that like a porn exchange coin? Like kind of something that maybe gets used on OnlyFans or something? Uh-huh. And I think the more porn stars have control of their finances and what they will and will not do, and even their platform, which is the OnlyFans and whatnot, like I think it's a good thing because... I appreciate the work that porn stars do, particularly the females. They provide a service that helps me get through my day. And it keeps me from, like, getting married to some piggly wiggly bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I want to get laid. Strawberry shortcake, motherfucker. Uh, Anyway, 
too much information. There's a lot of like, ah, spoilers, ah, come rockets. <laughs> terrifying. We'll put, a, we'll put an extra family, f- not family friendly. Uh, yeah. Family friendly for not friendly families. Dreams, <laughs> combat, and rockets. <laughs> anyway, let's hit up the weird news and call it good. Sounds good. McDonald's is really strict about what time lunch starts. Mm. A man has been jailed for robbing a McDonald's in England and making off with not only some cash, but also food. Unfortunately for him, not only did he get caught, but he also wasn't even able to get the meal he was hoping for. <laughs> so, Damn it. He, he claimed to have a gun and demanded money from the register and forced a manager to give him access to the store's safe. On his way out, he demanded some of their their famous chicken nuggets. Unfortunately to him, it was still too early in the day, and they were only serving their breakfast menu. So, apparently he was unwilling to wait for some nuggets, so he made off with a double sausage McMuffin instead. So, <laughs> he stole more than $600 from the restaurant. He got they, so, he saw they could see him on the camera. He turned himself in, and he didn't yeah. even have a real gun. It was an unloaded air pistol. It was actually a tiny little uh, Grimace doll <laughs> Give me those nuggets Where are my nuggets Or the Was he like dressed as the Hamburglar <laughs> I think he was just really drunk Could be oh, Something tells me he's not the most reasonable person Like he doesn't understand That they can't make their regular Menu items Stuff during breakfast like what's wrong with him? Yeah, everybody knows that. At least he like wasn't just like fine. Just give me a give me a double sausage McMuffin. <laughs> he is the hamburger. I, I was like, you'd feel I'm bad convinced. for the fry cook just like trying to get that as quick as he can so nobody gets shot. Well, because and he just turned himself right in. I think that's all the hamburger ever did. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. Like, nah, see, I stole it. I don't know. I'm back. Do it again to me. Man, he's just a glutton for punishment. Yep. He likes it. Indeed. He turns himself yeah, in, Ronald lets him out. I read about that recently, the whole... Somebody, like, on Qora or a Reddit was just like, why can't they give me a cheeseburger in the morning when I want one? And then an employee broke it down. He's like, they don't have as many people working in the mornings. Also, it's a completely different menu system, so they like have to get that all prepped and ready to go to have it be fast food. And so you basically have all these like eggs and cheese occupying so much of the grill. And then yeah, uh-huh. at eleven, I think when it switches over, it's okay. We're switching over. No more breakfast. It goes right into the regular menu because yep. so you have to have it all stacked and prepped and ready to go. Man, it's like going. There's a greasy spoon up in the town north of here. A little cafe, and if you go in the morning, you get the omelet. It's delicious. But if you go like too late and get the omelet, they've started to cook like lunch stuff on there, 
and it gets a little mm. funky. <laughs> it's not yeah. as good. It's like it kind of tastes like burger remnants in there, and it's just not quite the same as the after they clean the grill off it after the day's over and fresh. Only omelets have been on it and some hash browns, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I got to give a quick shout out. Speaking of food stuff, Ooh. I guess while we're uh, right there. It's a new spot, as far as I know. Um, I gotta pull it up real quick. It's uh, Almancitas. Ooh. Um, you know, just burritos and tacos and tortas, all that stuff. But it's the closest I've found to a Beto's breakfast burrito. And well, I'm sorry. not greasy, though. Ooh. Nice. Like, you can hold the bottom of it. And it's just dry. Doesn't but like I mean, soak your hand. Yeah, it's just super fresh. I got like a tongue taco and like, I think it's tripas or tripas. It's like little small animal intestines that get cleaned out and then crisped up. I had yeah. a taco with that and it was really good. And uh, Damn. it's a great new spot. And I can't tell you, man, the, that particular ingredients combination that Betos or uh, Rancheritos does like nobody does it the cup you're looking around for burritos around here and they're good but it's like rice and beans or there's one Fuzzy's Tacos that got close but it's like mm, so much egg that it's like way too much oh uh, yeah it's like just a ton of egg and this like I don't even know if there's potatoes in it it's like cheese, egg, and bacon. and Oh, yeah. That is the best part about the Betos ones is the massive amount of potatoes. Oh. Yeah. And so this is what these guys do that's interesting. They also have like a California burrito or a Colorado burrito. And mm. I got the California one, and it just has French fries and guac in it. Huh. And it's like, it's so good. And so they used, I think they just used French fries in the breakfast burrito, too. Oh, so anyway. Damn. Shocky and I are both very pleased with discovering that because it's like we we know what Rancheritos can do to you, but man, we miss it. <laughs> when it's good, it's good. When it's when good, it's great. It can be real bad. Yeah. Ugh. So I'll end on that note, and uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Indeed. Yeah. Hope y'all have a good week. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Jacob Wayne Show. If you would like to contact us, please write us at fakoshka at gmail.com. That is F-A-K-O-S-H-K-A at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Simply search The Jacob Wayne Show and it should pop right up. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Please write us. It helps add content to the show and makes the show even better for you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in.